This is Christian Horner. You've won the Austrian Grand Prix. <laughs> Hi, it's Alex Albon. Hi, I'm Max Verstappen, and you're listening to the Aston Martin Rebel Racing Podcast. Oh, this feels good. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Talking Ball, the official Aston Martin Red Bull Racing podcast. For those who don't know, Max Verstappen's father is a legendary racing driver himself. Jos Verstappen raced in Formula One from 1994 to 2003 before he went on to mentor Max. Last week, Max surpassed his dad for the number of race starts, which is a very big moment for them both. We thought it would be a good opportunity to get them together to find out how Jos has made his son into the incredible racing driver he is today. And what better time to chat to them than off the back of last weekend's win at Silverstone our first win on the track since 2012 Josh, Max thanks for joining us on Talking Ball it's a real treat to have you on together at the same time thank you Max let's start right back at the beginning growing up what was it like having Jos as your father well I mean um, I just first of all saw him as my dad you know not like at the time F1 driver dad or whatever for me of course from a very young age I, I saw a lot of racing around me before I even started myself, you know, I was at the Goka track already and stuff. So yeah, a lot of racing involved. Is there a standout moment from his career? Oh, um, well, I remember, <laughs> I remember uh, that I was in Malaysia, for example, when my dad was still racing in F1, uh, stuff like that. Um, but I'm a, I was also very little, you know, so for me, it just looked a bit like a playground also, you know, being in, in the paddock. And Jos, what do you remember about the first time that you put Max in a car? Because he was, he was young, right? He was four years old, is that right? He was four and a half when we first put him in. I still remember it was in Gang. It was on the rental circuit. It was with a very small go-kart. We still have it. It's, it's hanging in the shop where we sell the merchandise. But I, I remember after a few laps, he, he did the whole track flat out. And because of the vibration of the, of the go-kart, the carburetor was falling off all the time. So um, we did it for one day and then immediately bought him a, a bigger go-kart. But, I mean, what was that like sticking a four and a half year old in a go-kart and then just, just watching him drive away? Was that, was that a nerve-wracking moment? Not really, because I think he was about two and a half. He was driving on, <laughs> on the quad bike. So he had a lot of, a lot of experience. He had experience with, with speeds, how to steer, you know, so you had, we did a quite a lot of things already before before I put them in a go kart. And it was was it seven years old when you started competing, Max? That yeah, was the first race at seven. Yeah. And how how quickly did success come? First race immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we prepared them very well. I mean, just <laughs> late lately, I think two three weeks ago, somebody sent me a picture from that race. It was an Emma is somewhere as a place in Holland somewhere. He was because he was seven. He was racing against other mini juniors and they could be nine or 10 years old. So that's what he was competing against a lot of older boys. So Josh, you were Max's kart engineer, his engine kitter and his dad. What was it like to be focused on one goal together throughout his childhood? Yeah, we were very motivated to, to succeed. And for me, it was a day job. I mean, I was bringing Max to school after I went to the, to the, to the workshop to prepare the chassis, prepare the engines, you know, fit everything together, arrange all the things, what we have to do. And we go to the Goka track two, three times a week, Ma- I guess. How focused were you on your schoolwork with all this going on in the background? Well, uh, let's say that is, I didn't really enjoy school, but of course I knew, <laughs> I knew that it was important as well to, to try and do well there, you know. So I tried the, the best I could 
with, of course, traveling a lot. Yeah, because, I mean, this was almost a full-time occupation from a really young age, right? Well, especially when you start driving, like, international, you know, then it becomes quite difficult to, to keep up to speed with school. So uh, I would say from when I was, like, uh, 11, 12 years old, uh, it became quite tricky. I've seen some video of the, uh, the setup in your workshop at home. I mean, this, this is the proper team setup, right? I mean, it looks like a lot of fun, but, I mean, this is a professional outfit. Well... I think, uh, yeah, my dad, can, uh, <laughs> my dad can say more about that. We had to because we were competing against uh, the, factory, the factory teams. We were also driving for a factory team. We were in the same tent, but we did everything ourselves from chassis setup, also from engines. We had a dyno to put the engines on. So we were very well prepared uh, when we came to the race. We knew exactly which engine was the best and, and and what carburetors, what which exhausts, so everything was sorted. I knew exactly if we had qualifying, which engine we had to, to use and, and things like that. And of course, Max had to set up the carburetors for that, but that's, that's a feeling a driver needs to ha- uh, have. And I think he was very good at that. He was very precise on what he liked uh, to have on a, or in his go-kart. Yeah, Max, do you enjoy the mechanical side of stuff as much as the driving, getting hands-on with an engine? I'm not the person who um, likes to, to work on the engine. Um, that's more like my dad really enjoys to do that. I, uh, I always love the driving more, but I think it's really important that you understand what's going on. I was always involved, let's say like that, looking at what my dad was doing and understanding what he was doing, but I never had that feeling of doing it myself you think all f1 drivers have that same understanding does this give you an advantage on on the on the racetrack now no i i don't think everyone is the same also i don't think many people had the the guidance uh, from a very young age like like i had um, that doesn't mean that some you know they, they catch up and stuff and they learn a lot but i think uh, yeah from a very young age i uh, yeah, I just learned a lot straight away. What have been some of the, the best moments over the years, Jos, in terms of your, your driving together and, and traveling around the world and watching Max drive? Have there been any standout moments? Well, standout moments. For me, it was probably when we won the European Championship in the OK classes and also the World Championship in the KZ. And we did, all did it in the same year. And to be honest, I think every year we rate where we're racing, we're winning championships. So, um, I mean, you do a lot of races. But what I also really enjoyed is all the things around it, you know, together in the van towards the race, you know, the preparation, what you had to do before. Yeah, I miss it now. But at that moment, I really enjoyed it. Max, is there anything that stands out for you? Well, I think at the end of the day, the things that stand out are, are of course, the, the championships and, and victories, you know. Um, but what I will always remember is, of course, also the trips, you know, going there and, and the travels. So, uh, yeah, you, you experience a lot of things. And um, honestly, I, I would not do it again now. <laughs> the, travel, the driving bit, you know, to the Goka track, it, it was always, well, at the time it felt normal. But now I cannot see myself uh, travel, I don't know, eight to ten hours in a van again to... Uh, to go driving but uh, at the time it was just very normal and uh, it's what what you had to do especially if you know if you were living in Belgium Holland and you had to go to Italy to to race most of the time you know but yeah at the time I I really enjoyed it so weekends were spent in the Verstappen van driving across Europe I mean this this sounds like a a memorable childhood if nothing else yeah a lot of us I mean we did about 80 to 100,000 kilometers a year wow every year so we did that for 10 years I guess so uh yeah, it was uh, 
quite intense, let's say that. that. So you got to know the motorway network of uh, Europe pretty well then? Oh, I know it. I know it quite well. What's your favorite service station, Jos? <laughs> oh, Austria. I can tell you that. And in Austria, <laughs> we always, when we went to uh, Italy, we had a, a service station where we always stopped because there we had fantastic food. And we were really looking forward, when we left Holland, we were really looking forward to that uh, service. Like service six and a half hours we later. Had, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then there were, most of the time it was like one and a half, two hours to go or something. Two hours. That was that was the destination, the Austrian yeah. service station. So was Formula One always the destination for your career? Was this always where this was aimed? Well, was, that was for me. Yes. I guess that was always the first target. I mean, you never know how it's going to work out, of course. But yeah, we were, I think, always working. Yeah, towards Formula One. I saw a little video clip, Jossen, you were saying that you had all the trophies in, in the garage there and the one thing that was missing was a, was an F1 Drivers' Championship. I mean, that's obviously the, the, the aim in, in, involved in, in, in the sport, of course. That would be something that would make you incredibly proud, I'm sure. Yeah, I hope one day Max will, uh, will do that. I mean, he has a lot of time to, to do that. So, um, and I'm sure it will come. You know, when we have the, the car to do that, he will finish that off. Yes, I've read that you used to send Max out in a cart that was poorly set up so that he could feed back to you what was wrong with it and make improvements. Is that is that true? Oh, we did. We did a few times just to, you know, to, to get this feeling, uh, you know, to, uh, what he feels and what had, had to be done. But even in the races, I told him, because he was winning so easily, I told him, for example, that he couldn't overtake in a certain corner or a certain part on, on track. So we had to find different uh, spots for do that. And I think it, it was just to make it more difficult for him, you know, to find other ways where to overtake or not. And I think that was just a learning thing. And the same with weather conditions. Is that right? You sent him out in all weather conditions just to make sure that he got a feel for the track. Yeah, especially when you are young. I mean, you have to, to see also where you have to ride. It's not only feeling, but also look at the circuit, look at the... The corners, where it's drier, where it's more grip, you have to feel that. We were always, you know, every circuit is different. And when it started to rain, the most people pack up and go home. But we always stayed and, you know, we went on track. Nobody was driving anymore and we had the whole track for ourselves. But once you know what to do, then you don't need to do it that much anymore. We did it a lot when he was younger, but then, you know, when he was growing up more, uh, he knew what to do then and you didn't have to do that anymore. Max, did your dad leave you at a racetrack once after a bad race? Yeah. <laughs> a fuel, fuel station. <laughs> Nearly. <laughs> yeah, that was... What uh, the circumstances? Basically, um, that was a world championship race, 2012. I mean, honestly, I think that was one of the easiest weekends of my career. Like, we were so fast, but I still managed to, uh, to not win it. So, uh, basically... In, in a heat on, on a Friday or Saturday, I, had a, I burned my clutch, so I retired. So I had to start 10th in the, the pre-final. Uh, yeah, within a lap, I was second already. And then I won the race with like three seconds, four seconds ahead of, P, of number, yeah, number two. So then in the final, um, after the first lap, when I was in the lead, he, he got me on, on the straight uh, because it was a very long straight. So it was a lot about uh, slipstreaming. So he got me and then I decided that I wanted to overtake him back straight away because I wanted to be in the lead. And uh, yeah, it was a bit stupid and unnecessary. So I uh, crashed and um, no world championship. So especially also because of my dad invested so much time already the years before preparing the engines, you know, making sure that once I stepped up to that category that everything would be ready to go, you know. So I was, of course, upset, but my dad was really, really upset. 
and disappointed in, in me, of course. So he, of course, broke down like the tent, everything he threw in the van. I had to pick up the coca with a friend of mine on the track after the race because my dad said I, I had to do it myself. Uh, so we managed to do all of that, of course, my dad being very angry. So we then sat in the, in the van, of course, on our way back home. But I wanted to talk to my dad about what happened, uh, about my opinion about the incident. But my dad didn't want to talk to me. So I, yeah, I kept trying. And at one point he said, like, uh, get out. Like, here at the fuel, he stopped at the fuel station. He's like, get out. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I stood there. At- I knew that his mom was a few kilometers behind us. So it's not that I was leaving him there on his own 2,000 kilometers well, away. Well, you came back home. anyway, so... so. It was all right. (laughs) This is all part of this amazing racing education, right? Yes. For me, because he did everything very relaxed, you know, it was all very easy for him. But I really wanted him to feel the pain. The, you know, it should hurt him. Yeah. Because he had to think what he was doing. But I I picked him up. We drove, I think it was about 1,800 kilometers back home. I didn't say a word to him. And I think in that the, the whole week after, I didn't speak to him. And then I, uh, we were sitting together. I explained him how I feel. And he, the whole week, he, you know, he didn't feel comfortable with the whole situation. But I wanted him to understand that he has to think. You know. And I think that was the last race of that season. And the season afterwards, we won everything. We wow. won two European championships, world championship. We won every, every race. He was so focused. The, the way he was racing, you, you could see he was thinking. So, and I think because of what happened at that race, it made him a better driver. Absolutely. Max, do you see elements of your dad's driving in your own? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can be aggressive, but I, from my side, I think it's controlled aggressiveness, but I just like to race hard, you know? So I think my dad also did that. Um, I, I think I'm just a bit more, I have a bit more finesse in my driving style, I think. But that's also what we worked on from when I was very little, of course. My dad, of course, wanted me to become better than him. So, um, yeah, we tried to, to work on that. Yeah, I was going to say, Jos, what do, you, what do you see in Max that's different from you? No, he uh, uses his head more and his driving style is uh, more fluent. Uh, but that's what, as a young boy, that was, I was always next to the circuit and, and told him, drive nice. And when I see him one lap to be more uh, wild, let's say, I went there in that corner, I say, nice driving and take as much speed through the corner as possible. And I think that's just uh, what the thing he's doing now. I can see, I know what he's doing. And I also, I know I see different lines than other drivers. Yeah, let's say that's what we uh, practiced when he was very young. What's the best piece of advice that your dad's given you, Max? Well, I, I guess stay with two feet on the ground, you know, just be yourself. <laughs> That's the most important, yeah. I think, over all the years. It's easy for that not to happen in Formula One, isn't it? The, the whole circus of, of the sport is easy to lose your head and to, to become someone else. Well, it can be, but if you have the right people around you, then I don't think it, it happens. So, uh, yeah. I'm and you a, guys still stay in touch regularly and you catch up after every race, is that right? Every day we are in touch. Well, every day. <laughs> every day. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, there's a lot of things, you know, what comes around. And together with Raymond, the manager also, my friend, we always have conversations together. We always discuss things together and uh, that will always be the case. So we talked a little bit earlier about the possibility of a championship title. I mean, let's, let's, not, let's not go too crazy on, on, 
on what's going to happen this season. But I mean, just that's something you're looking forward to, right? Oh, well, that's our goal. That's why uh, we are here, you know, and we are very happy where we are. But uh, at the end of the day, we want to win the World Championship. That's what we're here for. And that expectation, Max, does that help you? Does that drive you? No, for me, that doesn't matter. I mean, uh, I'm just waiting to have a chance, you know, to, to fight for it. But, um, you know, every year, you, I think you become a better driver as well. But, yeah, I, I think uh, I'm just looking forward to have that shot, you know, um, I like winning races and that's what you do it for at the end of the day. Yoss, what's your assessment of, of Formula One right now? And, and obviously it's a, it's a strange season, this one, but how has the sport changed since your, your driving days? Well, everything gets uh, more professional, of course. Uh, also, uh, how the team operates. I mean, that's completely different than in my, uh, at my time. But I like it. Uh, I like the, 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 the competition. Of course, now, yeah, Mercedes is a little bit too fast. But if they were in the group where the people are, I think we could have fantastic races. So uh, I really like it. Of course, this year is a bit diff- uh, different with the, with the virus around. Hopefully, that will come back soon. Hopefully, next year already. Uh, if they can make the cars a little bit more, uh, how you say, so they can stay closer together, I think uh, we will see a lot better races again. And that's uh, what people want to see. I guess. Max, it's been a dramatic couple of races for you, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we, we maximise, of course, the results um, so far. Of course, it's a shame uh, that we had a retirement in the first weekend. But uh, yeah, I think overall we did, we did well. Of course, yeah, Mercedes is a bit too dominant at the moment. But we just uh, try not to lose too many points you know, and, uh, and see what happens. But uh, yeah, a lot of things happen in, in, in all the races. A bit of drama, I think. That's always good. And Max, of course, in that race last weekend, you surpassed your father's record in terms of race starts. How did that feel? I don't really care so much about like the, the amount of starts. I think also my dad, you know, we, it was always the target that, you know, I was going to try to become better. Like we're going to do better. We, we tried to win races and, and we tried to go for championships. So I think it's quite normal that if you want to do that, you're going to hopefully do two, three hundred races in Formula One, you know, so... I think it's just the beginning. One final question to both of you. The same question. Uh, Max, who is your racing hero? So I, I don't have one. I never had one. And um, of course, you know, my dad, he's been a, a great example. And, but for me, it's just my dad. You know, I, I don't like look at him all the time. as like a race driver or whatever. I think that's more like from, the, from a fan perspective. So like I never had any posters in my, my room. I had a cutout of my dad, like a cardboard. That's what I had in my room. But uh, that's it. So, no, I respect, of course, everyone, what they have achieved in the sport, but I never had like a, like a hero. That's the answer I was sort of hoping for. Jos, um, who's your racing hero? I always said I don't have really a hero, but I like the way uh, Sana was racing. I liked his style. I liked uh, this attitude, you know. And I liked the way, also, of course, how the way Max is racing, you know, aggressive, but still use uh, your head that's the type of driver i uh, always like gentlemen thank you very much for joining us on talking ball that's great okay thank you pleasure see you guys that's almost it for this edition of talking ball we'll leave you with this big tune from the daily chiefters this is talk like this make sure you stay up to date with all the action from the garage the paddock and the factory at rebelracing.com we'll be back soon with more exclusive content on the podcast too until then take care talk like this Say it's attractive, won't catch me on the block, but I do be real active. Remember when I searched for changing the mattress? Did I flip again? Now the money do backflip. Talk like this, say it's attractive, won't catch me on the block, 
but I do be real active. Remember when I searched for changing the mattress? Did I flip again? Now the money do backflips. Catch me on the block, I got my own bitch. Remember breaking pounds down in my grandma's kitchen. Now I done bossed up, making balls move. For playing with my money, I'ma off you. Bring, bring her through the mail, bust them out of plastic. Huh. Take the profit, put the profit in the mattress. I'm all money in, make it do gymnastics. Playing with these bands, make them do some bad flips. All my friends, know my average. Never catch me with a mud, always keep a bad. Ever since I was a teen, I had stayed. I was serving quarter pounds at the football practice. Talk like this, say it's attractive. Won't catch me on the block, but I do be real active. Remember when I searched for changing the mattress? Did I flip again? Now the money do backflip. Talk like this. You know I did a flip again Turning nothing to something since I'm 10 My uncle said stay off the block and play pretend But I don't wanna dream about money, I wanna win So I quit my job and said fuck it I'ma chase the binges and leave you crabs in the bucket I'ma go and chase at the chicken just like some stuff The way I get to the money is straight disgusting I know haters wanna take my life I know that ain't right, I know that I can barely sleep at night I should pray that night Wanna be my wife? That be too much strife for me. The money keep me warm. See how I don't mean no harm. I just talk like this. Say it's attractive. Won't catch me on the block, but I do be real active. Remember when I searched for changing the mattress? Did I flip again? Now the money do backflip. Talk like this. Talk like.